0: Welcome to the Zerk Risk Insights Series, Coronavirus, What Businesses Need to Know Now. This installment is about transitioning back to the workplace as companies reopen following the COVID-19 shutdowns. I'm Fred Myatt, Assistant Vice President and Casualty Technical Director at Zerk North America. I'm a certified safety professional and hold the Associate of Risk Management designation. And working with my team, I focus on emerging risks, technologies and strategies to help mitigate risk for Zerk's customers. Before the employee steps back into the office, shop, plant, or anywhere else that was shut down because of the COVID-19 restrictions, you really need to have a detailed plan on how to reopen. And that plan should begin with a hazard analysis. A properly conducted hazard analysis is vital to understanding the risks facing your business. And this analysis should involve members of your team brainstorming scenarios. Understandably, Creating scenarios can be tough. So I prefer to use hazard trigger and effect as the structure for creating scenarios. First step, identify the underlying hazard. So for COVID-19, that could include the contagiousness of the disease, persistence of the virus on surfaces, or even the lockdowns associated with COVID-19. Now, these are just three considerations. We learn more about this novel coronavirus with each and every passing day and our political landscape continues to evolve. So the latest studies and developments should really be shared with all the participants in the hazard analysis. Next, consider what might trigger an event in the workplace. Simply reopening a business is really too broad to be helpful. So look at items like proximity of customers to employees, proximity of customers to customers. Uh, the inability to get the supplies you need uh, or customers and employees contacting infected services. Now, the event is really what could result if the underlying hazard is triggered. Try to avoid death as an event. It it really is tragic that we've seen the loss of life, but for the analysis, it's just not terribly helpful. Think more broadly about the impacts. For example, don't stop at customer contracts the virus and is hospitalized. Think about what is the impact of that? What happens to your business if it becomes known that a customer contracted the virus there? How would that impact your sales or your foot traffic? What would be the regulatory impact? Is the local or state health department going to take an interest? Will OSHA get involved? Now be as specific as possible about the type of potential event, and most accurately calculate the risk of the scenario. When considering the event, also think about the controls you already have in place. Do any of those mitigate the event? Now, I like to list those when I'm putting together the scenarios. So you know, we, can, we can consider those when we start looking at what the, the calculation of the risk is. A hazard analysis should really consider a 360 degree view of risk. So in in the case of transitioning back to work, uh, that view extends well beyond who might contract the virus. Other ideas to consider include supply chains. Are supplies actually going to be available? Uh, Property protection and and machinery. And what are the startup processes needed for that equipment? Are the personnel available for the startup? Uh, and, And think about distribution and logistics too. Um, Are you able to move your product to your customer or to your distributor? Um, Are your packaging materials appropriate to protect that end user? Now, once we've got the scenario established, start thinking about what the risk associated with that scenario is. In general, when we calculate risk, we think about the probability of an event occurring and then the severity of that event. Using dollars to calculate severity or statistical means to figure out the probability certainly can be done, but I don't think we need to cut things quite that finely. I really prefer to estimate probability and severity using categories. Uh, For probability, I typically use frequent, moderate, occasional, remote, unlikely, and almost impossible. For severity, I really look at catastrophic, critical, marginal, or negligible. Now you can use any different number of categories. Now I commonly see five categories for each probability and severity. But once the scenarios are rated, use those categories to create a matrix so you can map out the scenarios. Now a quick note, I prefer to use even numbers of categories, like I mentioned before, where I had six categories for probability and four for severity. Using five categories kind of creates a middle-middle risk. It really makes the evaluation difficult. Using even numbers forces the team to make a decision. So that visual representation can be a powerful tool. So as you begin to look at prioritizing where to spend your time, energy, and money on controls. For example, any scenario falling under frequent catastrophic demands the most immediate and urgent response. The next step in the process is then to be in brainstorming what controls make sense. Now, a control may work for multiple scenarios. Again, I find it easier to brainstorm with some structure. In this case, I usually start with a hierarchy of controls. The hierarchy of controls really is five steps, in, and you do this in this order. Um, first, eliminate the hazard. Second, what are engineering controls we can put in place? Third, administrative controls. Fourth, change of work practices. And finally, the last thing we wanna look at is personal protective equipment. So let's, let's think through an example scenario for a, a shop. So due to the contagiousness of COVID-19, um, customer-employee interaction may result in the transmission of the disease. Uh, the possible effect of that transmission is potentially spreading the virus amongst staff other customers and family members, uh, resulting in the sickness, uh, perhaps a lack of staff to serve customers moving forward, hospitalization in a couple of cases, and probably reputational damage. So looking at our hierarchy of controls, what could we eliminate? So the, the best way to eliminate is not to reopen. But that really isn't an option for us, is it? So we could eliminate by transitioning to online sales though. Uh, Engineering controls. Hmm. So recent studies seem to indicate that stagnant air is a problem. So maybe we could set a pop-up kiosk outside the shop. Um, We could also increase the ventilation rate in the shop and increase the amount of fresh air that we're mixing in. Uh, Maybe leave the doors open if the weather's nice and we're coming into summer, so it's possible. Uh, we could create a barrier between the employee and the customers at the checkout counter administratively what could we do well we could train our employees how to physically distance we could also provide sick leave and screen employees before work and we could change the compensation system so that employees are no longer paid on commission so changing work practices then so we could stagger employee breaks so that employees can physically distance from one another. We can station employees only at the checkout area to prevent them from mingling with customers. We can require employees to wash their hands between every interaction. And we could only accept contactless payments to avoid handling money. Now, after all of that personal protective equipment. What can we do? Well, we could require employees to wear company-provided face coverings and gloves. You can see that once you get going, the structure really helps you. Now, don't let the structure work against you, though. Um, don't worry about whether the control fits nicely into one category or another. I've seen groups get derailed by arguing about whether it's a change in work practice or administrative. Don't get into that. It's really not that important. The structure is there to help you. You may have also noticed that a number of these controls may make sense to do together, uh, and some just might not make sense for your business. For example, you may not have the ability to accept only contactless payments. That's okay, but it may be something that you may wanna include in your long-term plans. So a couple of other things to consider when you're looking at controls. So equipment startup procedures. was the equipment shut down properly before the business was closed what checks need to be made before restarting equipment or processes. For that matter, what calibrations needed to ensure the equipment is operating as required? Also think about suppliers, vendors, and authorities having jurisdiction. Can suppliers meet previously agreed on requirements? We've seen a lot of companies repurposing their production and your supplier may have done that as well, really in an effort to help battle COVID-19 or in some cases they may have had to temporarily reduce their workforce. In either case, do they really have the employees and the capacity to supply what you need to continue your operations? Also think about coordinating with the local authorities having jurisdictions, especially the health departments. You know, are they going to ask you to p- implement additional controls? And that's possible that if you have multiple locations, they could have different controls for each location. And finally, how are vendors prepared to meet the hygiene requirements of your company moving forward? As management develops return to workplace strategies, both existing controls and those newly created ones uh, need to be enforced. None of the hazard analysis effort will matter if controls aren't enforced. Just as the COVID-19 situation is dynamic, so too is your hazard analysis. Hazard analyses are living documents that should be reviewed regularly and updated as needed. Scenarios can be added and re-evaluated for probability and severity. State-of-the-art controls today may need to be changed tomorrow in response to new discoveries. Using the analysis to be thoughtful about our controls and our new normal is not only necessary to address risk, it can really inspire confidence in customers and employees alike. So you may be listening to me and thinking, well, this sounds great, but how do I actually do this? So Zurich created the Zurich Hazard Analysis methodology decades ago, and and we've used it to support our customers all that time. It really follows the path that I've laid out in this discussion. You can access the Zurich Hazard Analysis methodology by going and downloading the Zurich RIS Advisor app. Uh, It's available on iOS and Android. You can also find out more about it by going to Zerk.com and searching for Risk Advisor. So thank you very much for joining me in this segment of Zerk Risk Insight Series, Coronavirus, What Businesses Need to Know Now. Stay well.